Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Progressive Field, and we've got some doubleheader action for you, an XL episode, lots to talk about, but the final game one, it's the San Diego Padres five, the Cleveland Guardians four, game two, it's the Cleveland Guardians six, and the San Diego Padres five, so they split the doubleheader. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And it was a full day of baseball, and it wasn't a sweep. That's the that's the top storyline, right? It wasn't a sweep. Apparently now, the 2022 season, you can sweep a team or you can split a series. That's, that's the rules. There's no taking two out of three. It's you can sweep. Or you can split the series because they, they split series one against Kansas City, two games to two. And now they split this little two game series against San Diego, one and one. Who was the schedule maker for this? And I tweeted it out. Like, think about it. They were playing in Cleveland at the beginning of May. When later in the year in August, they're playing a two game set in San Diego. If you if you if you're making a schedule and you're deciding Cleveland and San Diego have to play each other, where should they play in May and where should they play in August? Wouldn't you rather be in San Diego in May and be in Cleveland in August? Doesn't that doesn't that fit a little better? But nope, they try to battle the rain. Uh, it seemed like things cleared up for the doubleheader here. Uh, it was a misty, gross. Rainy morning in Cleveland, but it looks like things cleared up, and we had ourselves a decent day for baseball. And there's so many storylines in this game. There's so many things. First off, there's things happening before the game even started. Ahmed Rosario back in the lineup, and he's starting at shortstop. After Andres Jimenez was so good in that series out in Oakland, uh, Ahmed Rosario gets the call back at shortstop. And, I mean, he started at shortstop in both games, which leads me to believe that they just, they don't have anywhere else to play him. They straight up don't. They've tried left field. They've tried center field. We've never seen him try second, third, or first. It's shortstop or bust for Ahmed Rosario. And literally until they can figure out a way to trade this guy or, or what to do with him, they're kind of stuck with Ahmed Rosario. And they're stuck with him at shortstop. Let's see, how good was he offensively on the day he gives you a hit in both games. He does have an RBI and a walk and a hit in the first game. He goes one for five in the two hole in the second game. So, I mean, the batting average is still sitting at 214. The OPS is still at 529. He had three hard hit balls in that second game. Uh, he had two hard hit balls in the first game. So, five total on the day. I mean, that's a positive sign. It's just not translating right now. And the one thing I can say, though, is if Andres Jimenez does switch back to second base, you at least still get his elite defense at second base. Somebody was trying to argue something, well, it doesn't matter because Cleveland actually gives up more balls hit to the right side, and they shift that way anyway, so the ground that Ahmed Rosario has to cover is less because Jose Ramirez can cover more ground at third base, which means Andres Jimenez has a bigger responsibility of ground to actually cover at second base, so he's more valuable there or something like that. They're trying to make the argument like that. Um, he did make some stellar defensive plays, right? Having him be there to turn the double play, he's very good at that. He ranged to his left and got one deep in the hole. Uh, there was a big out. Uh, yesterday, so he does still get to play great defense just on the right side instead of shortstop, although you're going to have a hard time convincing me that shortstop is still not the premier defensive position 
on the infield. But uh, yeah, so that was something that kicked off before the game started. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to solve that problem because they have other guys coming up that are going to need room at either shortstop or second base. Um, it's not going to be uh, Arias for a while. He's got the injury to the hand, so he's going to be out for a few weeks. So it does take some of that pressure off. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, I think we all want to see Andres Jimenez keep playing shortstop. He's really good at it. All right, now let's get into these actual games here. And we got Plesak going against Mike Clevenger making his return. Uh, it's been a long time since he's pitched for San Diego. It's been a long time since we traded him. Half the guys we traded him for faced him, you know, in this game. When Miller, Josh Naylor, um, eventually not in that game, but in the doubleheader, Austin Hedges, Cal Quantrill. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's impressive what the trades with San Diego did to reshape this team. And so Clevenger goes against Plesak. And then in the second game, it's actually interesting. Mackenzie Gore goes against Cal Quantrill. Cal Quantrill was San Diego's first pick in the 2016 draft. Round one, pick number eight out of Stanford. Mackenzie Gore, 2017, a year later, is their number one pick third overall out of high school, out of high school in North Carolina. So they're two first-round picks going head-to-head against each other. So that's a pretty interesting matchup for game two. And frankly, I think the... Padres star. I'm going to try to combine some of these storylines run between both games. And I think a big storyline here is that the Padres starters were a little better than the Guardians starters, but the Guardians bullpen was better than the uh, San Diego bullpen. So uh, let's get into some of these things here. We'll kind of go between the games. We'll try to we'll try to go in a little bit of a chronological order, but some of these things go between the game. So let's get into the storylines of each individual game and get a storyline that goes between both is the San Diego Padres scoring first. They they threw up a stat. I can't remember it during the game. The San Diego Padres have scored first a lot this season. It's one of the reasons they've been so successful so far this season. And they do it here. They score one in the first and then put two more up in the third on Zach Plesak in game one. So they're up three nothing already to kick things off by the third inning. And then, why not do it again in the second game off Quantrill? They put up three runs in that first inning off of Quantrill, and they're up 3-0 to start this game. They don't score again until the eighth inning. So Quantrill settled in a little bit better than Plesek did. Uh, Plesek would give up two more runs. Well, the Guardians would give up two more runs in that sixth inning. Um, One of them was earned. One of them was unearned. But they would all get credited back to Plesak. Even though Enio De Los Santos was the pitcher on the mound, the runs get credited back to Plesak. So he ends up giving up all all five runs, basically, uh, against San Diego. Um, so, yeah, getting in a hole to start. And I, I thought Plesak had a pretty rough day. And the walks, they're just so uncharacteristic of Zach Plesak. Um, nothing was really that effective for him from a CSW standpoint. Maybe the slider. He did have eight swings at that slider, five whiffs. So that's a 40% CSW. Uh, on five curveballs, he got four called strikes. I mean, it's an 80% CSW. So the off-speed stuff was working. But the fastball and the changeup weren't really working. Um, he wasn't even getting many foul balls on those. They were putting a lot in play, and they were hitting that fastball hard. Average 90.8 mile per hour exit velocity. Now, one thing I can tell you about Plesak is that in the past, 
The slider and the curveball have been very effective pitches for him. Uh, in 2020, that slider had a negative nine run value. Remember, you want negative numbers here as far as run value goes. Negative nine, one of the better sliders in the league. Last year, it had a negative seven run value. Very good. The curveball also had a negative four run value. So those pitches are two pitches that are very effective for him going with the off-speed stuff. His forcing fastball is not effective. Uh, I can tell you that in 20, uh, 2021, that forcing fastball had a plus 18 run value, one of the worst pitches in baseball. Um, so this year, the slider and the curveball haven't been as effective for him. If you look at the like expected batting averages and the expected weighted on base percentages, they're much higher than they were last season. The expected batting average off a slider last year was 197. The expected this year is 258. And why am I going expected versus true? Because the expected takes away some of the things like what Parksy played in and the defenses and things like that. And, you know, it, it's an easier way to compare the two pitches. The curveball last year had an expected batting average of 173. This year, it's up to an expected batting average of 246. He's still getting decent whiffs on this. Both pitches had a whiff rate of th over 31, uh, 31 and change uh, last year. This year, they're both over 30. The slider has a whiff rate of 34.4 and the curveball of 30.8. So, like you see in this game here, uh, Plesak was still able to get swing and miss on that slider. He's just nibbling too much. He never walks this many guys. Four walks in the game. Um, and if I go over to the illustrator here, yeah, he's missing with the changeup up a lot. Uh, that was a pitch that missed. The slider, he was working it down and away and getting them to chase that, frankly. But a lot of missed changeups, um, keeping it in on his, uh, on his arm side, missing the changeup on the arm side, and missing high with fastballs. Now, the strike zone in game one was a little bit crazy, um, but you got to deal with it, and he clearly wasn't. And those walks turned into runs. That's the problem, and that's a storyline that goes across both games here. So in that first inning, after getting a pop-up to start things out, he walks Cronenworth and walks Machado, and Hosmer comes up and singles in that run. Walks turning into runs here. Now, in the third, maybe not his fault, a fielding error this time leads to a two-run home run. So not a walk, but a fielding error leads to Machado coming up and hitting a two-run home run. And the pitches to Hosmer and the pitches to Machado that the RBI hits, he just leaves them up. He just left them up, and Machado crushes this one. 108-mile-per-hour exit velocity. Um, a huge home run there. And then uh, later in the game, uh, in that sixth inning, it wouldn't be the walks. They, they would just hit him. Uh, double and singles back-to-back -back would knock um, would knock Plesak out of the game, and then Austin Nola would double uh, to drive in the, the runs off of uh, Enio De Los Santos. And De Los Santos would settle down, but he would give up that big hit um, to drive in those runs. Um, the walks also hurt uh, Cal Quantrill. If we go over to game two and we jump across to game two, he walks two guys in that first inning. Grisham to lead off the game. Strikes out Cronenworth, walks Machado, and then Hosmer would come up and double. And then Kim would come up behind him and single and drive in another run. So walks leading to runs in that situation. 
Now, he would actually get lucky because Quantrill would be able to get himself out of some sticky situations. He would walk the leadoff hitters in the fourth inning. He would walk Hosmer and Kim this time, the two RBI guys, to start the fourth inning. But he would settle things down with two strikeouts and a ground out to get out of it. So another leadoff walk in the sixth inning, they'd be able to get out of it because of strikeouts. So yeah, they almost gave this game up because of walks um, in that second game. In fact, Trevor Steffen would walk in a run in that eighth inning, um, but strikeouts would end the threat. So the walks did hurt him a lot in the second game, but the strikeouts were there to save him. The strikeouts weren't there to save Plesak as much in this first game. Um, they still did strike out a lot of uh, San Diego hitters. Uh, San Diego struck out 10 times in that first game, and then in the second game, San Diego hitters struck out uh, 13 times, so 23 strikeouts on the day for Guardians pitcher. So the strikeouts were there, just not enough for Plesak to save himself from the walks. The final line for Plesak, five innings pitched, five hits, five runs for earn, four walks, four strikeouts, and the home run. Only was hard hit four times, which isn't terrible, but not good enough to get the job done. Clevenger was doing pretty good on the other side. He goes four and two-thirds, can't get out of that fifth inning. They do give up two runs. They let the Guardians back in the game in that fifth inning. Four hits, three earned runs, three walks for him, too. Four strikeouts on 95 pitches. He was only hard hit three times. Clevenger looked pretty good for his first game back. None of his pitches really pop off the chart. Um, and his whiff rate was only 22% on the day, but he adds in 15 called strikes. So it gives him a 25% CSW on the day. Not elite, not great, but I guess for the guy's first time back. They were averaging only an 83.5 mile per hour exit velocity off of him. So that is something, right? Limiting the hard hit balls. That was definitely something he was doing to Guardians hitters on the day. Um, So yeah, so the Guardians do come raging back in this game. In the fifth inning of game one, they do, that's the thing, that's another storyline in this game, is that the Guardians never stopped fighting back. They kept coming, they kept scratching and clawing and trying to put runs on the board. Being down 3 nothing in both games could have been very demoralizing, but they're able to keep fighting and coming back and trying to put runs on the board here. Um, Steven Kwan, with an RBI single in that first inning, would be very, sorry, first game, third inning, bottom of the third, they scratch across another run after Machado's two-run home run in the top of the inning, Quan would single. It would bring Luke Maley in to score. Uh, Maley, by the way, turns out he's a pretty good doubles hitter, man. Uh, yeah, he goes one for three on the day. Also walks, so he was on base twice. So a nice little day from Maley as the backup catcher. But Quan would single through the right side. And that this would prove to be very important because I know the thing you're all waiting for, the thing you want me to get to, is the big hit in the 10th inning for Quan. And we're going to get there. Believe me, that is dessert. You gotta, you gotta get through the meal before you get to dessert. We will get to dessert. So, uh, but look where he hit the ball, right? Just shooting a ball through the right side. Bat on ball skills. It turns into good things for Stephen Kwan. He'd have a hit in each game, so finding ways to contribute. He wasn't on base a ton, but RBI hits in both games. Um, then in the fifth inning, they continue to claw back. Josh Naylor would single on a sharp line drive to right field. Miles Straw comes in to score. Jose Ramirez comes in to score. Owen Miller moves up to second. It's a huge, huge hit from Josh Naylor, and he was hitting the ball 
hard on the day. Let's see what the exit velocity was on this one. Because I felt like Josh Naylor was really squaring up some line drives on the day. Um, this was in the fifth inning, and he hits this one 110.3 miles per hour. Wow, what a shot that was off the bat. And walks, by the way, walks would prove to do him in in this fifth inning. I told you walks leading to runs. Well, he walks the bases loaded in the fifth inning. Who's pitching in this one? Steven Wilson was pitching uh, eventually in the fifth inning. But who started the fifth inning? Was that, Cle- that was Clevenger still on the mound to start the fifth inning, right? Yeah, so he walks Straw, uh, then walks uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, they eventually, then they bring in Steven Wilson, and he immediately walks Owen Miller. So, you know, Wilson's got no one to blame but himself for that, for loading the bases, and then Naylor gets the single. Uh, Naylor would also have a huge double uh, in the... Uh, Seventh inning, it doesn't get credited as a hard hit ball, but 93 mile per hour uh, is still a pretty good shot. Uh, and that would be the next time that the Guardians would come cra- uh, come scoring back. Uh, after they uh, put another run on the board in the sixth inning, they put two more on the board in the sixth inning. The bottom of the seventh, the Guardians would come back. They put together a rally. Uh, Owen Miller would single, Naylor would double, and then Ahmed Rosario would get an RBI ground out to scratch across another run. So the Guardians kept fighting back. They just couldn't finish the job in that first game. Uh, Taylor Rogers would come in to close for San Diego, and he's very good. Tenth save on the season, and he gets a flyout from Quan, a ground out back to the mound from Jose Ramirez, who almost tied the game. Ramirez hit a missile into the left field corner, that curved foul. He got way ahead of a slider. Uh, I mean, he put it on the home run porch over the seats there and onto the porch uh, where you enter in left field. And I mean, what a shot. He just pulled it foul. I mean, so that close, that close to tying the game for Jose Ramirez. Um, And then he throws him another one that he dribbles back to the mound. And Owen Miller would line out hard to end the game. I mean, they put a, they made a lot of loud outs in this one, 98.7 miles per hour to end the game one. So the Guardians do fight back. They just can't get the job done in game one. Game two, different story. This time, we are getting the job done. So it's 3-0 San Diego. We're able to scratch across a run in that third inning. That's when the Guardians would start to get their bats going. Uh, In the third inning, it would be a Jose Ramirez actually a walk. They would walk in a run. So that is one way to get the job done. I would start with an Andres Jimenez single. Uh, Austin Hedges would line out. Ernie Clement would fly out. Then with two outs, Miles Straw would single. Ahmed Rosario would single, but everybody has to halt. And then Jose Ramirez would walk to drive in that run. Now Owen Miller would line out to first baseman Jake Cronenworth. So again, puts a good swing on it. Uh, Let's see what the exit velocity was on this one. Uh, Owen Miller's lineup, 83.8. All right. So, but it had an expected batting average of 490. So, you know, they, you know, they expected this to probably be a base hit in some places. Uh, you just can't get it past Cronenworth at first base. So, puts a decent swing on it with the bases loaded, but, uh, can't bring in any more runs in that third inning. It probably felt like a wasted opportunity at that point, right? It was probably a little demoralizing. We only get one run out of that situation. Well, coming up late in the game, Mackenzie Core and uh, Quantrill both have really good starts after uh, Quantrill gives up those three runs. Uh, Mackenzie Gore goes five and two-thirds, gives up four hits, only one run, 
the one that's walked in, three walks, two strikeouts on 100 pitches. He's hard hit a ton. He's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, but only one run uh, given up. So really getting lucky there, limiting the damage. Meanwhile, Quantrill, after he gives up those three runs, really shuts things down. Now, the walks are a huge problem for Quantrill. Five walks on the day, but seven strikeouts in six innings pitched. Only hard hit three times. So a good job by Quantrill of really settling down after getting in a hole and coming back with those seven strikeouts were absolutely huge. Um, we will continue to get into the scoring for the Guardians, but let's talk really quickly about Quantrill on this one and what was working for him on this one. First off, Mackenzie Gore just lived by the fastball. 77 four-seam fastballs out of his 100 pitches. And it's not like it was that great. Uh, they just got a ton of foul balls, frankly. 36 swings, only four whiffs. 18 foul balls, only 14 put in play. It's only a 21% CSW on that pitch. All right, let's go down to Quantrill. So for Quantrill, he threw the sinker of the two-seamer the most, 42 times, but the cutter just as close, 39 times with the cutter, and that was the most effective pitch for him. 38% CSW on that cutter. Uh, 16 swings, got six whiffs, nine called strikes on it, and I will tell you that he got most of his strikeouts on that pitch. If we go over to the illustrator here, he gets one, two, three, four, five, uh, five strikeouts on that cutter, two more strikeouts on strikeouts on changeups out of the zone that he gets them to chase. So great job there. The cutter being really effective for him. And I can tell you that that cutter is a really good pitch for him. Uh, he's thrown it more this season than he's ever thrown it before. This is his second year throwing it. And it's been a really effective pitch. The put away percentage is up to almost 20%, 19.5% on that cutter. He hasn't put anybody away with the sinker. The four seam fastball is at 9.1, the changeups at 6.7%. So that cutter is proving to be a really effective pitch for him here. Uh, the value, it's still early in the season. The value, run value for that pitch is actually plus one. I'm surprised. It's been such a good pitch for him. Plus one. Last year, it was minus 11. So it really proved by far his best pitch. So really proving to be an effective pitch for him. Um, yeah. And he's gotten eight strikeouts on that so far. Only 10 strikeouts total in the season. So this may not be updated from yesterday. I'm not sure. But yeah, really, really effective pitch uh, for Quantrill. All right, enough about pitching. Let's get back to the scoring. How do the Guardians come back and win this game? Remember, they're down 3-1. We get to the seventh inning. Austin Hedges with single, and then Ernie Clubman, who's not hitting very well on the season. I mean, he's only hitting 188 with a 514 OPS. So it, it hasn't been great for Ernie Clement so far to start the season. But he comes up with a huge double here. He ropes one off the left field wall. It kind of shoots to the right of Jerks and Profar has to go chase it down. And Austin Hedges is able to come all the way around and score. And this run would be huge. Uh, Hedges probably should with a good throw. Would Actually, not probably. Definitely would have been thrown out at the plate with a good throw. But the throw is a little bit high and wide. Uh, who's catching on the day? I, Nola might have been in at that point, or Alfaro. I'm not sure who's in at the catcher at that point. Because um, Nola would pinch hit eventually in this game. Um, has to jump up to his left to get the ball, and Austin Hedges is able to come in and score. You love a guy being rewarded for hustling, frankly, as hard as he can possibly hustle, and Hedges is able to get the job done. So a huge, huge hit 
from Ernie Clement there. And then uh, that, that would actually lead to more San Diego scoring, though. It's a 3-2 game. You think it's getting pretty close. And then in the eighth inning, Trevor Steffen would come in, and he'd have a really bad inning. Cronenworth would single. Machado would ground into a force out. So Machado's now on at first. He would steal second. Profar doubles on a check swing down the left field line into the corner. It's, what are you going to do against the check swing? I mean, Profar gets lucky there. He intentionally walks Hosmer, uh, but then he accidentally walks Kim to load the bases. He gets Alfaro to strike out swinging. I guess Alfaro was still in a catcher. And then Abrams would walk. This would really... This would be the one uh, Stefan really falls apart. So that walk to Abrams would actually knock Stefan out of the game. Castro would come in and finish the job out and getting as a card to called out on strikes. So Castro, again, the Guardians bullpen, had a better day. Despite Trevor Stefan kind of imploding in this inning, the Guardians bullpen would prove to have a better day than the San Diego Padres bullpen. All right, this is demoralizing, right? We just gave back two more runs. The two runs we scratched and fought for, it's a 5-2 lead for San Diego in that eighth inning. You're probably pretty demoralized at this point. Well, here comes the uh, Padres bullpen, and starting things off for the Guardians, they walk Jose Ramirez. When I talk about walks leading to runs, um, Owen Miller would hit into a force-out, so he replaces Ramirez at first. Vermeil Reyes would single on a ground ball to right field. Vermeil Reyes... I mean, honestly, that's that's huge right now, seeing that from Firmino Reyes. He had two hits on the day, or in this second game. It was two for four. Quan uh, would line out, but he would get his chance. Andres Jimenez would single on a ground ball to left field. Owen Miller would come in to score. Firmino Reyes now going first to third. I love when they go first to third. I love baseball going first to third. Austin Hedges would single on a line drive to right field. Uh, Firmino Reyes would come in to score. Andres Jimenez would go first to third. Uh, they would go to the bullpen. Josh Naylor would come in as a pinch hitter. He would hit a line drive single in a center field. Another hard hit ball. Andres Jimenez comes in to score. Austin Hedges goes to third. So that's three first to third hits right there. Finally, Miles Straw is called out on strikes to end the threat, but not before the Guardians tie up the game. That's a huge pinch hit from Josh Naylor, batting for Ernie Clement. Let's see what the exit velocity was on this one, because I'm telling you, uh, Naylor was just hitting the ball hard all night. 102.1 miles per hour exit velocity on this line shot to center field. First to third baseball, being on the base pass, causing some havoc. That's how the Guardians got back in this game. They're looking. They're not. They're not going to outslug anybody with home runs. They're not going to go up against the Yankees and out hit them in home runs. This is how the Guardians are going to get things done. Putting together rallies, and then in the tenth inning. Uh, well, in the ninth inning, um, Class A does a great job of shutting them down. Goes one, two, three in the ninth inning. Ground out, ground out, strikeout. The Guardians, unfortunately, also in the ninth inning, go ground out, pop out, ground out, going through the two, three, and four hitters. So it goes to the tenth inning. Remember, now there is a runner on base, um, starting on second base, and it's very hard, right? You got to take care of that guy right away. Um, so he gets Profar to strike out swinging. This is Sandlin coming in the game. It's Sandlin just being nasty. Uh, they intentionally walk Hosmer to set up a force, but then he walks Kim to load the bases. Oh, not what you want to see. Here comes Austin Nola to pinch hit and get him to ground into a double play. It wasn't hit that hard. Ahmed Rosario to Andres Jimenez, who makes a great turn at second base and fires the first to get Nola out, and they get out of it. So a great job by Sandlin, a huge strikeout. And a huge double play, a huge ground ball there. 
Vermeil Reyes kicks things off uh, with Owen Miller starting at second base and gets plunked in the ribs after working a really good at-bat. He could have swung and struck out on a changeup down below the zone, but he lays off it, fouls another one off, and then gets hit in the ribs, unfortunately, for all his hard work. But it brings up Stephen Kwan. And the legend of Stephen Kwan continues to grow. This time, he shoots a single back through that right side, exact same spot he does it in the first game. It looked like they were shaded a little more that way, or maybe this was just a little bit weaker hit ball. It was a 93.7 mile per exit velocity, so it wasn't necessarily an incredibly weakly hit ball. Uh, But he shoots it through the right side. He gets it past the diving second baseman, and Owen Miller comes in to score to win the game for the Guardians in 10. I mean, what an exciting ending. And for Quan, he just continues to deliver big moments. He continues to be in the heart of the action. I guess that's what happens when you're in the two spot in the lineup. Although in this game, he was pinch hitting for Mercado in the sixth spot. So he's stuck in an RBI type situation here in the sixth hole. And he delivers with a huge RBI hit. So it's a really fun offensive day for the Guardians. They put up 11 hits in that second game. To score six runs, they out hit him in that game, and frankly, they out hit him in the first game, seven hits to six. So the Guardians' offense was there. Uh, Plesak just put him in a little bit too much of a hole in that first game. Quantrill was able to limit the damage and keep them in the game in that second game. All right, I think that's all my storylines here. Um, yeah, we learned a lot in this one. I mean, the walks leading to runs, uh, Cleveland's offense fighting back. Um, Quantrill settling down. It was really great. Oh, by the way, a great throw from Miles Straw gets him out of that first inning. Totally left that one out. It's always hard. His defense doesn't show up in the box score, but I definitely made a note to call that out. Uh, Straw, a single into uh, center field, and uh, they tried stretching into a double, and Straw comes up and throws a Hail Mary pass to second base. I mean, it was a pretty high arcing throw. Uh, the second base, and they nail him trying to steal an extra bag there to get out of that inning. So, that, I mean, it, it, who knows where that first inning goes for Quantrill. MVP on the day, I got to give it up. When you get a walk-off hit in the 10th inning of a doubleheader, you got to give it up to Stephen Kwan, MVP on the day. I mean, it could have gone to the Guardians' bullpen, frankly. In that first game, uh, Henches was huge. Goes two innings, no hits, no runs, three strikeouts, no walks. Shaw even has a nice inning after him. In that second game, Classe and Sandlin are huge to end the game. Castro coming in to get them out of that eighth inning without another run coming across. Gauche had a good clean inning uh, after Quantrill. He pitches a seventh with two strikeouts. So the Guardians bullpen had themselves a great day. Quan, though, you're taking home MVP on the day. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. A lot to cover. I hope it all made sense, bouncing back and forth between the two games. Basically, San Diego and Cleveland had themselves two really good baseball games. That was the st- That's the biggest storyline. These were two just solid, well-rounded baseball games. The offense had their moments. The pitching had their moments. They battled back and forth. There were little rallies all over the place. It was a really fun day of baseball. Nobody got blown out. Nobody wasn't a pitcher's duel. It was just two teams battling against each other. So a really fun day of baseball. So that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. We'll be back. We are starting a series against the Toronto Blue Jays. This is definitely a team that can slug. So we will see what happens in this one. It's going to be Barrios on the mound, the former um, Minnesota Twin, going against Savali. 
carrying that 10.67 ERA into this game for Savali. So he has got his work cut out for him. All right. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>